Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. I just want to remind you that if you have kids going into first through sixth grade, today, June 28th, is the last day to sign them up for the Safari Kids Summer Experience. It's this year's Kids Summer Camp with opportunities for them to join fun Zoom calls from home as well as gather together at the church each evening to play some games, worship together, and hear a message from the Bible. It's going to be Thursday, July 16th, through Saturday, July 18th. If you need help getting the registration page, you can email Pastor Lisa at lisa at sm4.org or contact us on our church website, sm4.org, by filling out our virtual connection card. We don't want your kids to miss out, so sign them up today. Also, I want to thank you for being generous. We are blessed to be able to continue doing ministry in Santa Maria during this time and also in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. If you would like to give to our missionaries, the Ariolas, who are working to give food to the people in their community who are in need, you can give online. To get set up using PushPay, text SM4 to the number 77977. Then give to the special designation option. Thank you for your generosity. Now, if you've been with us for the last few weeks, you will know that we have been in a series called Becoming the Church. We've been talking about what it means to be the church by looking back at the very first church written about in the Bible. We can learn a lot from that church because those followers of Jesus were the first ones who were filled with the Holy Spirit and they chose to say yes to what God was calling them to do. They set an example for us that many churches all around the world are still trying to follow. The first church in Acts propelled an amazing move of God during their time. And we want to see that same kind of move of God in our lifetime, in our cities, in our nation. So today, I want to talk about a characteristic of that first church that truly set them apart. Picking up where Pastor Tim left off in Acts chapter 2 last week, we can see Peter quoting a prophecy that had been given hundreds of years before by the prophet Joel. This prophecy says that God would pour out his spirit on all people. And that is exactly what they were experiencing in Acts 2. The Holy Spirit had just been poured out on the followers of Jesus who were gathered in a room together. When those men were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began speaking in tongues. And some of the people who were watching them thought they were drunk. But Peter knew better. So Peter stood up in front of everyone to correct them. He started telling the people about the prophecy from Joel. He told them about how God promised to pour out his spirit on all of them. And in Acts 2, verse 21, Peter continued this quote from Joel saying, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In that moment, Peter was reminding those in the crowd the importance of calling out to God. And today, I want to talk to you about the importance of being a church that is not silent. In the midst of our world today, we must be a people who unashamedly call out to God and also openly proclaim who God is. In this verse, Peter reminds us that everyone can be saved by God. God does not discriminate between those he will and will not save. All it says is that we must call on his name. So I want to take some time to break down what this phrase means when it says to call on the name of the Lord. What does that require us? I can't just pick up 
my phone and call God and say, hey, you ready to save me yet? So what does it mean? What does that actually look like? Let's break it down. The phrase call on the name of the Lord is defined as invoking God's name. And we invoke God's name for several purposes, for salvation, for help, in worship, and in testimony. So what does it look like to invoke God's name for salvation? It requires that we vocalize our faith in God and our need for God. In fact, Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that we must be vocal about our faith in order to receive salvation. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. There is a significant difference between believing something in your heart and declaring something with your mouth. It's one thing to believe something in secret, and it's another thing to speak out about it publicly. So let's think about that for a second. How many of us are good with believing that God exists? And sure, we believe he might even heal people sometimes. But then when we hear that our neighbor is sick, we get nervous about going to ask if we can pray for them. I have definitely been there. It's way more comfortable for me to keep my beliefs to myself. Or maybe just talk about them with my church friends. But when it comes to sharing the story of Jesus with someone at school, it's more uncomfortable. Sometimes it's really difficult to declare openly about our faith, like Paul says in Romans. However, when we move out of our comfort zone, something shifts in our faith. It no longer remains something that is only personal. It can transform into something that also blesses others. When we declare openly about our need for God, not only will God save us, but we will also allow others the opportunity to know God, to call on him and be saved as well. We're going to come back to this idea in a moment, but I want to also talk about the importance of invoking God's name for a few other reasons. First, we can invoke God's name for help. In Lamentations 3, it says, But I called on your name, Lord. From deep within the pit, you heard me when I cry. Listen to my pleading. Hear my cry for help. Yes, you came when I called. You told me, do not fear. Lord, you have come to my defense. You have redeemed my life. This kind of desperation and crying out to God for help is seen over and over in the scriptures. The Bible is full of stories of people who were in difficult situations and they knew that they couldn't make it on their own. So they turned to God for help as the only one who could save them. We see a similar passage in Psalm 116. It says, death wrapped its ropes around me. The terror of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death and he saved me. I love how this verse mentions that the Lord protects those of childlike faith. 
To cry out to God for help requires us to be a little childlike. Because when you think about it, most of the time, it's little kids who cry out for help. And this actually reminds me of some of my favorite pictures of my dad and me from when I was a baby. I was probably less than a year old, and we were visiting the beach as a family. And there were three particular pictures that were taken in the same moment that capture the essence of what took place. In the first picture, I'm on the sand, walking toward the water, and my dad is right behind me. In the second picture, things had changed, and I have a terrified look on my face as I see the waves getting closer to me. My dad is still right there behind me. But in the third picture, things had changed again because my dad was holding me safely in his arms, and I have a big smile on my face. I was too young at the time to remember that moment, but I love those pictures so much because seeing those pictures reminds me of how much my dad loves me and how much he cares for me. Even as a baby, I knew that I could cry out for my dad and he was always going to be there for me. As a baby growing up and even to this day, I know that my dad is a safe place because when I ask him for help, he's there. As adults, sometimes it's harder to ask for help. Maybe it's difficult for you because your story is different than mine. When you were young, you didn't have anyone to call out to for help, so you don't know if it's okay to trust someone today. Or maybe it's difficult to ask for help because it requires us to humble ourselves enough to admit that we need help and actually be willing to cry out. Luckily, we have the Holy Spirit to help us in this. Galatians 4, 6 tells us because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit himself is with us to help us in calling out to God and invoking the name of our Father. It's okay to admit that we need help because we all do all the time. And God is always right there to pick us up when the waves are looking too big for us to handle on our own. Back in Acts 2, when Peter was addressing the first church, after he quoted Joel, he also quotes a Psalm of David that says, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. David knew that God was always with him and he praised God for it. So this leads us into the next reason we invoke God's name. We invoke God's name for worship. Because of all the good things God has done for us, we can call out to God with shouts of praise to glorify his name. We know that God is worthy of our praise, and that's why we sing songs like we did today that say, I choose to praise and to glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against. And we sing, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. God is the one who created us, put us on this earth, and gave us breath to live. So we cry out his name to glorify him with our praise. The Psalms in the Bible are full of this type of praise. Psalm 146 says, praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. 
I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. That's a lot of praising God. And in Psalm 30, it also says, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. God is so worthy of our praise. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. And there is no other name we could call on to receive help and to receive salvation. So there should be no other name that we worship. We praise God for who he is and all that he has done for us. And this brings us to the final reason I want to talk about today of why we invoke God's name. We invoke the name of God as a testimony. This serves two different purposes in our lives. We invoke God's name to remind ourselves of all that God has done and to remind others of who he is. I love the story of David and Goliath because I think David did an incredible job of invoking the name of God in his battle against Goliath. When the giant Goliath was taunting David, who was only a young man, this was David's reply. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. I think if I was in David's shoes, I would be saying those things to remind myself that God was on my side, even in this terrifying situation. But David didn't only declare God's power for his own good. He declared the name of God so that others would know that when Goliath was defeated, it was because God was the one who won the battle. As a church, it is our duty to make God's name known in our communities and in our world. We must proclaim the greatness of our God so that the whole world will know that there is a God who saves. When Peter was addressing the first church in Acts, he said, Let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. These people had literally just been some of the people who demanded for Jesus to be put on the cross to die. And Peter is telling them, now it's time for you to see that God has glorified Jesus and Jesus is Lord. Peter was calling them to tell everyone about the Lordship of Jesus. We must follow Peter's example and be vocal about our faith, not only for our good, but also for the good of those around us. This verse that says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved is not just a verse for me, and it's not just a verse for those of us in the church. It's a verse for everyone. If we're being honest, sometimes this is hard to think about because Even those people who you think might have done the worst things and would be impossible to save, God sees them too. And all he asks is that they would call out to him and he will come to save them. Sometimes this might make us uncomfortable, but it re- because it requires us to be the ones to tell them about the Lord 
who is with them, who is for them, and who is ready to save them. Because if they don't know God, they won't know that they can call on him. That's why in Romans 10, it says, how can they call on him unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Church, I'm telling you right now that you are the ones being sent. One thing we must learn from the first church in Acts is that we would be the ones to go and share the good news. We must be a church that proclaims the goodness of God so that others will know who God is and will be able to call on him to be saved. The Bible tells us that when we go through difficult times, God can use those things for his good. One of the good things that can come out of our times of struggle is that once we have made it through, we can encourage others that they can make it through too. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. In my life, one of the hardest seasons that I went through was when I was in high school. If you know my story, you'll know that I had a severe eating disorder during that time. I remember the kids making fun of me that prompted me to extremely hate the body that I was living in. And I remember the doctor's appointment where they told me that I would die at any moment if I continued to live the life that I was living. I remember the nights that I cried myself to sleep because I didn't want to die. And I didn't want to hate the body that God had created for me. And I remember crying out to God for help. So desperate to know his love for me and to be able to have him to cling onto, to pull me out of the hole that I was in. And although recovery for me sometimes seems slow, God rescued me when I called out to him. The doctors told me that I would never fully recover from my eating disorder, but praise God that that is no longer part of my story. And now I have a story to tell of the way that God saved me. And that is one of the many reasons why I love being a youth leader. I love having the opportunity to share my story with others who might be going through something similar. I know that if God could save me, he can save anyone. And I want to spread that hope to those who are hopeless. We can comfort others with the good news that Jesus is Lord and that he is with us, that he is listening and waiting for our cry out to him and he will come to us in an instant. That is good news. While it is certainly significant for our own personal relationships with God that we would be able to invoke his name for our own salvation, for help in our time of need and in our worship, we can't let it stop there. Our goal and the goal of the first church in Acts was to proclaim the lordship of Jesus to everyone around 
so that everyone would be able to come into relationship with him. Our goal should be the same. We should be a church that prioritizes proclaiming who God is over our communities so that everyone will have the opportunity to know God. And when I say church, I mean the church as a whole, as in Santa Maria Foursquare. And that's why we do community outreach events, because we want our community to know who Jesus is. But when I say church, I also mean the individuals who make up the church. We as individuals are constantly in the process of becoming the church and allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts. That's why we look to the examples of the church in Acts and to the example set by Peter and the other followers of Jesus at that time. We must make the decision like they did to be individuals who will not remain silent. We can't shrink back and expect that our church, our leaders, our pastors, or anyone else will do all the proclaiming for us. We cannot stay silent. And there's good news in this. We aren't alone. When we open our mouths to call out to God and to proclaim who he is, the Holy Spirit takes it from there. Our job is to proclaim and declare, but it is the Holy Spirit who touches people's hearts. We just have to be faithful to do our part. So I'd like to pray for us today. I want to pray for those who would like to call out to God for the very first time. If you're ready today to openly declare your faith in God, let's pray together. Lord, we do today, we call on your name, the only name that can save. We ask you, Lord, for your help. We know, Jesus, that you came, Lord God, so that we could be forgiven of all of the things that we've done. And so we say yes to following after you today. We say yes to openly declaring this faith that we have. We thank you, Jesus, that you have saved us and that you are our help in time of need. And we worship you because of it. And now I'd also like to pray for those of us who are ready to be the messengers that would share the good news with others about who God is so that they too can be saved. If you're ready for God to use you in that way, let's pray. Lord God, we pray and we open ourselves up to be used by you. Holy Spirit, come and do whatever needs to be done in our lives so that we would be ready to be those who proclaim the goodness of God wherever we are. We say no to fear and we say no to anything that would hold us back from proclaiming the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us and that your Holy Spirit is empowering us to do all that you have called us to do. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us today, church. We love you so much. God bless.